Hello, everybody. Welcome to another episode of Off Script with Pastor Jared. It is Thanksgiving week at time of recording. So uh, no matter when you're listening to the podcast, you should know I'm recording this in Thanksgiving week with that in mind. I want to have an episode today in which we can think about gratitude together, thankfulness, appreciation. These are things that are supposed to be at the heart of the holiday of Thanksgiving. Now, I'm not really interested today in doing a deep dive into the first Thanksgiving between the Native Americans and the early settlers. Don't get me wrong, I love a good cornucopia, a good black hat with the gold buckle on it like the next guy. Uh, But that's not really what most people think about when they think of Thanksgiving today. It's primarily about a time of recognition and gratefulness for the blessings that we have. The abundance of food, the turkey, the dressing, the trimmings, the warm home, the family, friends, the naps, the football, the time to slow down and disconnect from the bustle of life. It all comes together on Thanksgiving to help us realize how good we have it. And most of us have it good. It can actually be somewhat tedious to simply define the word thankful without using another more complex word like grateful or appreciative for what you've been given. And yet it's a feeling that we all know exactly what it feels like. When someone does you a favor and takes care of you, especially when they didn't have to do it, when they go out of their way to inconvenience themselves on your behalf, that's when that feeling starts to creep into your heart. It's that feeling. It's that warm, joyful, humble feeling. Uh, that, that thing in you, that some part of you feels like you owe a debt to them that needs to be repaid, but also to harp on that and try to repay it would kind of ruin the moment. So you just utter the words, thank you. G.K. Chesterton gave us the following quote. He said, the worst moment for an atheist is when he is really thankful and has no one to thank. I think that quote is deep enough to make us pause this Thanksgiving. Even though Chesterton was definitely making a joke, there's a kernel of truth to it. For the Christian, we're not just grateful that we have material possessions, enough food to eat, shelter, family, friends. We are grateful that God has abundantly given those things to us. To the Christian, every good gift comes from our Father. Deep gratitude comes from those things that are given as gifts and not earned by merit. In Luke seven forty one through 43, there's a short parable given by Jesus that's spoken to Simon Peter. He said, a certain money lender had two debtors. One owed 500 denarii and the other 50. When they could not pay, he canceled the debt of both. Now, which of them will love him more? Simon answered, the one I suppose for whom he canceled the larger debt. And he said to him, you have judged rightly. One thing that always stands out to me about this parable is that it says out loud what we all know to be true by experience, that there are varying degrees of thankfulness. A man whose debt of 50 denarii was forgiven was thankful. A denarii was an average day's work for a day laborer in ancient Rome. So if you owed someone one to two months salary in debt and they forgave it, you would be thankful. But now imagine that you owed a debt of one, two years salary, and they forgave it. It would not be the same level of thankfulness as you had before. It would be more. So the level of the thanksgiving is dependent upon the magnitude of the gift. So what do Christians do when we learn that we were not just spared an earthly financial debt, 
but that we were not just spared eternal death, spared judgment, spared hell. What do we do when we realize that our debt was not paid in denarii, but in the body and blood of the sinless Son of God? You see, that's why Thanksgiving is not just a holiday for us. It's an essential aspect of our Christian life. Paul wrote in Colossians 3.17, he said, Whatever you do in word or deed, do everything in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God the Father through him. One could even say that gratitude and worship are linked together. No one would deny worship is an essential part of the Christian life. But why does one worship? Most frequently, we worship God out of a response for what he has done for us. So what are we doing when we respond in worship? Really, it's thanksgiving. We are grateful that the Father made the world. We are grateful that Jesus came to save us, that he died and rose again. We are grateful that we have the Holy Spirit in us. We are grateful to have a written Bible in our hands. We are grateful to have a path and a guide for life and joy as we follow Jesus. These are all things that he has done or things that he has given. And there's nothing that we can do to repay that. Furthermore, the essence of the gospel is agreeing that we cannot repay him by works and that no work we could do would ever be sufficient to pay for such a great gift. God doesn't even want that from us. He much prefers our thankful hearts over an attempt to repay him. King David wrote this line in Psalm 69. He said, I will praise the name of God with a song. I will magnify him with thanksgiving. This will please the Lord more than an ox or a bull with horns and hooves. You see, David knew and wrote that God would rather have a song and a thankful heart from him than if David were to go and make a literal sacrifice. God has always desired our hearts beyond what we can offer him. Romans 11.35 says, "Who, Who has given a gift to him that he might be repaid? For from him and through him and to him are all things. You see, God owns everything. He has everything. We can't give him anything that he needs. So what does one give to the one who has it all? Glory, honor, praise, and a thankful heart. What would the opposite of thankful be? Unappreciative, critical, uncaring, different? Don't let that settle into your heart, church. We have been given too much and at too great a cost with too great a love to miss out on the blessing of gratefulness to God. Well, earlier I mentioned a quotation from G.K. Chesterton that he said, the worst moment for an atheist is when he's really thankful and has no one to thank. I did some searching And I found an atheist author online named Brian Peck who disagreed with that quote and sought to give a response from the atheistic perspective to Chesterton's quote. So what I'm going to read to you now is one atheist thoughts on thankfulness apart from God. I want to read that to you now. So here's an extended quote for you. Um, It's from Brian Peck. He says, nothing fills me with gratitude and humility quite like contemplating the vastness of space-time and the countless causal chains of careening through deep history. The totality of humanity is but the tip of a slender twig growing from a 3.8 billion-year-old tree of life rooted in the cosmically young soil of this particular planet. 
A countless number of interconnected events brought us to this moment, this moment where we struggle to bring awareness to the infinitesimal bubble of here, floating inside the speck of now, swirling through an immense cosmic dust storm of the edge of an infinite abyss. It's tempting to limit our gratitude by offering it to a deity, an idea that lives inside a belief-sized box we humans constructed as language evolved and symbols gave rise to metaphor. We can reduce the infinite complexity and attribute causality to the gods we created and imbued with supernatural powers, deities we can summon, wield, and even strive to become. Many offer thanks to the divine, this spiritualized tempest we've created in a cognitive teapot. We bow and worship our cleverness as the gods born of language rise up and warm us, unaware that the ephemeral stream of belief obscures a vast roiling ocean of experience, blinded by the fog of our own beliefs, condensing on the cold edge of an expansive reality we struggle to acknowledge. The worst moment for an atheist is not when they're really thankful and have no one to thank. It's when they feel immense gratitude expanding in every direction and choose to limit their gratitude by placing it in a tidy box and offer it to a single individual or deity. So here's to gratitude that is not easily categorized or consolidated. Here's to carrying a balance of gratitude forward into the world. End quote. Perhaps that quote stirred your heart with gratitude and thanksgiving. Mine, it did not. I don't need to contemplate the vastness of space-time when I can contemplate the vastness of omniscience, omnipotence, and omnipresence in God. I don't need to contemplate the countless causal chains when I can ponder the power of providence. I don't need to limit my gratitude by offering it to an unnamed deity. I magnify the sovereign Lord who made the heaven and the earth and the sea and everything in it. He is not a deity I can summon, wield, or strive to become. No, he is holy, holy, holy. He is not a spiritualized tempest I created in a cognitive teapot. He is the uncreated one who can calm the sea with a single word. I am not blinded by the fog of belief. It is that very belief in Christ that caused the scales to fall from my eyes and allowed me to see him clearly. My gratitude is actually quite clearly categorized in Isaiah 12, 4, and 5. And on this, I will end. Give thanks to the Lord. Call upon his name. Make known his deeds among the peoples. Proclaim that his name is exalted. Sing praises to the Lord, for he has done gloriously. Let this be made known in all the earth. I pray that you have a wonderful Thanksgiving this week. Praise the Lord for all he has done.